It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to Fulhamish Podcast. My name is Sammy James. Joining me on the podcast this week is Farrell Monk, Don Betts and Jack Collins. As finally... Fulhamish podcast can talk about a victory. No one had quite pointed the finger at this podcast, but as soon as I set it up, it all went wrong for Fulham. A, a glorious opening month followed by a hideous September, but finally Fulham got back to winning ways. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me this evening. No worries. Thank you for having no us. Barnsley, a 4-2 victory on the road up at Oakwell. Uh, another win in the road. Who'd have ever thought this? Second in the away form and bottom in the home form. I mean, it's. I think it's just the way we're set up just works better when we're away from home. Maybe uh, tomorrow will be a bit different because Norwich won't just sit back and total compression and go on a counter-attack. I think it's just teams have set up well against us and we like to play a possession game and it just doesn't work at home, whereas away from home, we're set up the way we play with the pace, likes of Aluko, Piazon and Kearney, the technical players, and Chris Martin up front. I think it just works better away from home. And maybe, obviously, the performance against Barnley was a lot better than we have in the last six weeks or so since Blackburn. To jump forward a little bit, how would you set up at home then? That's the thing, because I, I don't know, because I'm not used to us expecting to win. Because the last three years... <laughs> <laughs> the last three years... When, when has that ever happened, to be yeah, honest? Like the last three or four years, I haven't expected to set up to win a game. Like, and then when we started off really well, I'm like, hang on, because we haven't really won a, haven't won a home since Newcastle. Surely. No, no. Middlesbrough in the cup. Oh, oh you, yeah, you, you oh, that all-important one. That, that famous victory. Huge. Huge. <laughs> it felt good at the time. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, great day out. Because I said if they scored a second, I was just going to go back to the pub. So thankfully, I stayed <laughs> and watched LBC's winner. Exactly. Yeah. But um, it was one of those days on Saturday where suddenly everything seemed to click. I'm not defending Fulham's performances during October. There was some pretty hideous performances and individual performances and team performances. But we had mentioned quite a few times on this podcast, we're not clicking, something's not going right, one team will come along and we will manage to get it together. It seems like Saturday was that day. See, like it just seemed for once we were actually taking our chances. I've seen some other games where we perhaps a draw was a fair result or you know we were you know fair value for a loss. Um, but on Saturday, it seems like out of those four goals, we could have had maybe one or two more on top of that. I'm not entirely sure, but we were actually taking our chances for a change. When I mean, going back to before the international break, when against QPR, we had a plethora of chances that well, golden chances that we just couldn't put away. Well, 25 shots, uh, two open goals, two penalties, yeah. hit the woodwork. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a crazy game. So it, it, we would we deserved some luck eventually, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I get PTSD talking about the the QPR game. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it seemed like everything sort of fell into place. And uh, yeah, Johansson. Johansson, the key, the click. <laughs> I'm telling you. I've been saying this from the those, start. I thought those words would never occur. <laughs> what, Johansson, the key? Yeah. I, I, the I was definitely guilty when I saw him at the first game. and I was like, what, what does he bring to the team? I have absolutely no idea. And now I'm eating my words, definitely. The man can spray a pass. That much is for certain. 
Well, four new signings on the score sheet as well, which has got to hopefully give us confidence. Because conf- do you think confidence has been a big problem for us in those games in September where we weren't managing to find the net very easily? Well, once once a striker goes a, a game or two where he's had a few chances that he hasn't put away, it's going to affect it's going to affect you, and that can transport to the whole team as well. Because you know maybe a midfielder thinks that I'm not going to play it up to the strikers, he's going to miss miss it and then he'll try and do too much and then lose it and then his confidence goes and then the confidence just loses right throughout the team I I remember in that first few months uh, in the relegation season where we under Yole how we didn't have a brilliant start but then it's things started to click again we we're picking up a few wins and then a couple really unlucky losses happen and then all of a sudden the confidence had gone and we had a really good starting to, starting 11 to compete in the with any team in the league but there was just no confidence at all whatsoever. And we can all agree that the squad that we've got, we've got at the moment is actually a really good squad. Yeah. So it can be, you know, is it down to confidence? I well. think it's, even in August, we didn't really know what our best eleven was. And when it came September, that's when all the transfers are finally finished. And I think now we're working out who needs to play where for our team to be most successful because it was the two holding players. You never knew what you needed because I always thought you needed uh, an anchor man who at, at the time was Scott McDonald then a more deep line playmaker for so the likes of a Christensen a Johansson a Yozabed even Parker to an extent because I know he's a holder mid but he's definitely the more creative one out of him and Scott McDonald when we're playing them two but Kevin Kevin Big Kev. Um, <laughs> I like that you amalgamated Scott Parker and Kevin McDonald. No, just made Scott, Scott McDonald. Scott McDonald yeah. was the old uh, Middlesbrough Sheffield United striker. He came from Celtic and banged in loads in the Championship a couple four seasons ago. Oh, sounds, sounds, like oh. could, sounds like we could do with Scott not. McDonald. <laughs> I'm not going to fact check that. I believe you. Not not, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Yes, yeah, so I think we finally sorted out what sort of players we need in those two holding positions. And then, I mean, it hasn't been mentioned about from Saturday, but I thought. After Malone, who obviously got a goal and two assists, I thought Aluka was brilliant. Personally, he did all we need him to do because he's not quite a striker and he's not quite a number 10. He's sort of in between, I guess, false nine, which I hate that word. He so was much. really, really good against, uh, I think it was QPR, when he, and the game before that, was that Blackburn? Uh, no, Blackburn the, was the end of August, so before QPR. Not Blackburn. Bristol uh, City. Bristol City. Maybe it was Forrest, but whichever one it was, he was playing so close to Chris Martin and the game before that, uh, Matt Smith, that he was brilliant. He was able to come short and then just do a little flick and do little one-twos here and there. And he was opening them up so much. But then in the second half, he sort of dropped a bit deeper and was a bit further away. And for some reason, he kind of lost that kind of confidence to be able to just literally either pick up one and two touch passes. That time he was picking it up, turning around, and he his nearest person to him was a good 20 yards away and he's not he doesn't seem to be that player that's going to thread a ball through or he's more sort of like those little tiny five yard passes as opposed to 20 30 yard passes or taking lots of players on and obviously you've when you have the likes of Piers on and Kearney which looks like what we're going to be going for at the moment either side of him he's the more like say say direct player out of the three who's going to run at the defense where Mm. uh, Kearney and Piers on obviously better technically but haven't got his maybe got the pace of Aluko. That's what I think one thing he's offered our attack we we haven't had for a while, which is a bit of direct pace. Yeah. yeah, straight through the middle. I think also he obviously had a point to prove this game. I don't know if anyone saw his Instagram post afterwards. But no. there's a picture, it was a like a, one of those split down the middle ones, and the first one was him on his knees after the penalty at QPR, and right. the second one was him in the air celebrating the second goal. And it was like, what a difference a break makes. Um 
that one of the like all these things yeah. like you know thank you Jesus etc. But it was just it was nice to see etc. <laughs> it was nice to see him you know someone that come out and be like look I messed up I've come back I've proved myself stronger I think I, I think he cares and I, I like that yeah I think that the reaction to what happened on Saturday and the reaction that everyone sort of came through and looked like they were enjoying it again might be the key and just to you know get that to click and once it starts clicking you yeah. don't know if it's going to stop well, <laughs> hopefully but in that in our last podcast after the qpr game it was a very despondent place in here and we were wondering how and why how can we fix this attacking crisis we can't score goals i don't think any of us mentioned scott malone as a potential answer to all our problems. But uh, two direct assists. He was involved in the other goal. And, uh, well, he meant that. He oh, meant that really, definitely, definitely. definitely. I he saw the keeper off his line, didn't he? Yeah, he, he definitely looked up before he was about to cross. And when you actually see the ball travel across... The, the way where he was aiming to, like there was no player within like ten yards of where the cross was going to land. Anyway, so he was definitely aiming for it. I really Sorry. hope it wasn't just a terrible cross. But, um, <laughs> it was Dempsey esque. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, I didn't really, I didn't see him hit the cross. I just, I was just coming back from obviously under the stand, and I just turned back and I just see this ball just float into the top corner. I was like. Oh, we scored, have we? <laughs> Pint everywhere. <laughs> no idea who's hit it. I just see a ball floating in the back of an net. I was like, oh, we're winning somehow. Great, because I missed the 2 1 and the 2 2, because I, I nearly missed the 1 1, actually. I was, I was going. I was, I was, I was, I was, how much football did you see? I was going hot, because I was just getting annoyed, because we, we were pretty poor in the first half. And then and then I'm halfway down the stairs, and then, and then, and then we scored. And I was like, oh, great, I might stay for a bit longer. Then I was like, no, no, no I'm, I'm just going to go down and have a drink. And then I, and I hear, then I hear, oh, they've gone 2-1, and then 2-2 two, two within, like, what, two or three minutes Was after. it straight from the kick? It was straight from the kickoff, I believe. Don't ask me, I was I, I they didn't, didn't see it. I, I watched it, they didn't touch the ball. Yeah, in between, scored, yeah. In between them scoring the second, which was a well-taken goal. Yeah, it was a good finish. From Barnsley, yeah. Does that mean they owe the whole Fulham team a subway? Isn't that the rules? You no, score straight unless, from kickoff. Unless, unless they shout at subway. I mean, you know... <laughs> Rules be rules. I, what? what is that? Sorry, yeah, I, I, oh, it's just a FIFA rule. Yeah, the FIFA. If you score straight from kickoff without your opposing player touching the ball, they have to buy you a subway. Yeah, but in our rules, you have Farrell to, and I don't know. Like, you, have to, you have to like, shout subway while you have still have the ball running through the whole team. It's only happened to me. So twice. what? So why? Like, what happens if you <laughs> shout subway and you don't score? Do you have to do a forfeit? No. No. Ah, uh, well. Oh, Otherwise, people are just going to be shouting Subway all over the show. I was going to say, I'd just shout Subway every time if I knew yeah. this rule. If I was hungry, I'd just score an own goal and then sort of try and get myself a free Subway. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's a rule. So all okay, the Barnsley well, players probably have to buy. Let's find out if the Barnsley Sonny team Luke, bought Fulham. Yeah. Of... Yeah. <laughs> let's tweet the club. <laughs> See yeah. how it responds. Was it the one at bottom, Putney High Street or the one at the top, you know? <laughs> also, are we talking six inch or are we talking like foot long here? We do foot longs. I go I mean, foot longs, yeah. None of his six-inch business. Yeah, Mabel no. marinara. Oh, well, not while you're walking. That's going to go. Especially yeah. if you're playing FIFA. That's just going to have like you can have meatball marinara juice all over the Italian controller. BMT. Is that your sub of choice? Yeah, yeah, Italian BMT. Dom. Yeah, same. Italian BMT. Farrell. Salad. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a salad, man. No. no. <laughs> I, I I think I am a meatball. Meatball marinara. Anyway, this went one. <laughs> We've lost Welcome to the Fulhamish podcast. We've lost the train. Our sponsors, Subway. Yeah. <laughs> Two ninety nine meal deal. <laughs> uh, so still though, obviously it was a great win, and we're very jubilant about it. Still a bit suspect defensively. Uh, Tim Ream, hugely at fault, really for both goals. Uh, the first goal, I think, was obviously 
uh, just a poor pass out of position. But both really came from this out of position play. We're really missing Callas at the moment. We need him back. And I'm more confused why Maddow's just sitting on the bench. I don't, why? I don't. I can't work it out. We were discussing this earlier. We thought, I think maybe he thinks that there's not, if you've not got two ball-playing centre-backs, you can't have them because they're always going to pass the ball to each other. <laughs> and he's worried that if Maddow passes the ball to Sigerson, he's just going like, to boot it out every time. So I reckon he's playing two solid centre-backs as opposed to a ball-player and a solid uh, a solid man. It was also yeah. nice to see uh, Fredericks back on the bench. Yeah, real nice. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back, Ryan, if you're listening. He makes such a difference, though, when he comes on. He's a, um, And especially if he comes off the bench and... I mean, he's got to be a better option than Dennis Adoy. I mean, despite... He's the... living off that back flick. Still. I'd he... be living off that back flick yeah. for years, so I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> Every other game I've seen him in, he's been so poor defensively for me, personally. Yeah, I, 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 agree. I, I feel sorry for our, our uh, fullbacks because they get exposed so often by yeah. our so-called wingers who they just never defend at all whatsoever. Um, so I do feel sorry for our fullbacks a lot. Like they have to cover a lot of ground to be able to attack and defend for ninety minutes, really, because Kenny doesn't really, you know, spring to mind as a up and down the wing, diving into tackles against their opposing fullback. For uh, yeah, Piazon does actually Piazon does actually cover the ground a bit, but but Kenny doesn't like tracking, does he? No, not really. No, well, it's because neither of them are proper out and out wings. Yeah, they're sort true. Of, they're sort of like number ten. Inside number ten, we've got three now. We inside forwards. We've gone back yeah. to the uh, the old Johnny Haynes days. Yeah. We're playing two inside forwards, and then that's when the it, it it does come up when I when I've been watching games, and we do get exposed on the counter attack on the wings quite a lot. Yeah, because um, it immediately goes out there. There's no um, there's no sort of protection for those those players on the wings. So one of maybe a Parker or a um, uh, McDonald, Scott McDonald, uh, has to go out to the wings to help out and then it leaves a huge gap in the middle. Do you know who's good at covering the ground in the middle? Ryan Tunnicliffe. No. Oh, <laughs> <heck. laughs> he changed the record. He's, he's just do a job. That's, that's what he does. He just does a job. Yeah. He's not good at anything in particular. He just does a job. He loves running. Yeah. He loves covering ground. <laughs> he just goes to bed dreaming of I running love, more. Love even, even after the final whistle. Ryan, stop. The game's over. Yeah. The game's over. <laughs> we need to get the bus. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm going to run home, lads. <laughs> it's Barnsley, mate. It's a, it's a fair distance. Um, so now we're moving on to the Norwich game, uh, which is uh, tomorrow night. I mean, you'd have thought, with all our poor home form, there'd be no better team to face than Norwich City. Uh, <laughs> no home defeats since 1986. I know I'm jinxing it. Yeah, you are. 23 goals scored compared to their two. Uh, but they are top of the league Five wins in the last six. It's going to be very tough to get anything out of Alex Nils' side tomorrow. They did what all Premier League clubs should do when they go down. They hung on to their manager they had that got them up. They hung on to all their good players that got them up in the first place and all the ones that had in the Premier League season. I mean, you go through their starting lineup: Houlihan, uh, Cameron Jerome, uh, Stephen Naismith. I mean, Robbie are... Brady, the Irish Messi. Yep. <laughs> uh, Josh Murphy. They're all good quality Goodness. Premier League players. They had no no desire to ship them off as soon as possible. They wanted to get straight back up. They they stuck with the players that got them up in the first place. I mean, they didn't have a particularly awful Premier League season, but it wasn't, you know, great. They got relegated, but it was just beige, wasn't it? Yeah. Nothing nothing exciting. Not quite happened. good enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without being terrible. <laughs> At the end of the season, oh, Norwich got relegated. I didn't even know they were up yeah. there. <laughs> um and that's what I, I, I admire sort of teams that have done that. I mean, when Newcastle got relegated the last time, 
they had a, they had more than good enough squad because they just kept all their good players. Yeah, Burnley last season. Yeah, exactly. They did the same thing. So, I mean, that is clearly the blueprint if you want to go back down and then come straight back up. And Fulham did exactly the opposite of that. Of course, that's what we, no, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be right to just, uh, oh, let's keep the players and go straight back up to the Premier League. That would, that would yeah. just be too simple. Yeah, really. it would be too easy for us. When I turned up to Ipswich on the first game of that season, I, I, was, I have no idea who these players are apart from Scott Parker. But we, we were playing Cameron Burgess in holding midfield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cameron Where? Burgess still isn't ready now. Yeah. <laughs> How old is Cameron Burgess? He must be, what, 21 I think that means, about that. That means that Cameron Burgess was 19 when he started that game against Ipswich. Yeah, he was. He was 19 when he's uh, not even a ball-playing centre-back. He's just a six-foot-five, huge centre-back. McGaff's old in midfield. I like yeah. that at one point we played him and Dan Byrne. That must be the tallest centre-back pairing of all time, surely. It's got to be up there. Are we, like, had, are we had like shortest? Can we think of a shortest centre-back what? pairing? Javier Mascarano with someone else. Surely he's 5'7". Has seven. he played for Fulham? Oh, right. Not I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that comes to my head is actually Callas and Maddell, because neither of them are yeah. six foot tall. Yeah, true, yeah. They can both jump higher than Dan Byrne could. Oh, Chris Bed was, I mean, he was about must... six foot tall, but my word, he had like springs in his feet. Aaron Hughes and Chris Bed might have played together at some point. They were, neither of them were six foot, I reckon. Certainly did for Northern Ireland. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be a difficult one tomorrow. I, I assume a point is always a good result when you're facing, you know, a team in bang red hot form but it would be quite nice just to keep the winning record going obviously or just win another game at home (laughs) yeah that'd be great yeah it's been over two months well I mean Jokanovic did say afterwards that you know it's their now aim is just to replicate this away form against their home form I don't know about you but I think that quite a lot of fans might be looking too much into the home versus away debate it might just be a little bit how the games have fallen but, or do you think there actually is there is something more to it? Well, you know what the Fulham a lot of the Fulham home fans are like. They just get annoyed if we're drawing after five minutes. <laughs> My favourite th- one was last year when we we um, drew in the last minute or beat Huddersfield. It might have drawn, and there were still booze. I was like, we just oh, yeah, we've was, just scored. <laughs> Corley Woodrow scored in the ninety third minute, and there the were still booze. Season. <laughs> uh, I was yeah. I think I, I turned out of that game at half time. <laughs> so I'm, I saw at least I saw our goal. I yeah, mean, exactly, that's the main thing. I mean, um, how how many goals do you miss per game? Oh, well, I've, I think this season I've missed four or five. Okay, Did you miss Matt Smith's goal against Newcastle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I missed that. I missed that one. I missed Sessegnon's goal, and I missed two on Saturday. Do you not mind? What about Reem against QPR? Oh no, I saw that one. You're back in your seat. Yeah, I was too hungover to go for a drink on that game, so. <laughs> I, You're going to be our uh, our goal correspondent from now on. <laughs> I always recall the worst one I ever missed was um, I went to Basel for oh. um, the famous victory in Basel, three oh, no. two, secured our Stephen Kelly's best game for Fulham. Oh my god, he had an absolute blinder, didn't he? And jo- uh, Bjorn Helgerisa as well. Yeah, what we a player! What a player! What a player! I remember after that he played so well, and then Roy decided to start him against Spurs, and I was like, who? This is a different person. Absolutely, he was awful. I think he gave away a penalty and a free kick for their goal as I well. I don't understand how Stephen Kelly has played European club football. The weird thing about Roy Hodgson's system, especially in the defence, is he could put anyone in there. Hmm. Honestly, he could put me at centre back, and I think well, that's okay, pushing it. Yeah, a bit. okay, maybe not. But <laughs> he could honestly put a lot of players in that system, and as long as they knew the way to play it, they did actually turn up looking all right. But that game, so we scored two in quite six quick succession. It's a big trip over to Switzerland. I was so excited. It was my first European trip because I didn't manage to make it on the UEFA Cup 
before that. And um, yeah, Bobby's, I was just, but I'd been drinking all day with my dad and I just so badly needed a piss. So I just had to go and I missed the first one. I was like, oh, missed it. And then Bobby's, and so I was like, oh, I've, I've run up, I've seen the celebrations, run back down. And then I missed the second. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> missed two out of the three goals. And um, towards the end, when we really needed a fourth to wrap it up, my dad was just going, can you just. Can you just pop off for five <laughs> seconds? Might might just um, help us along. Have you missed any? Um, I haven't, but it reminds me of a. Uh, uh, I probably have, but it reminds me of a story. We went to the FA Cup quarter final away at West Brom, and my younger brother was throughout the whole first half just kept on going. My dad, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Go get me some food. He was quite young at the time. To be fair to him, I'm hungry. Get me some food. Get me some food. And finally, about two or three minutes before half time, my dad goes fine. I'm going, I'll get, I'll get some people something. So he goes down and then Steve Marley scores a header and then you can see him <laughs> walking up the stairs with a miserable face on holding up all these hot dogs and coats and whatnot because he's travelled all the way out there and can miss the only goal of the game. It's weird when you're, you're like upset for us to score. It's like this weird reverse feeling. You're like, please don't score, please don't score. I'm not here. I missed McCormack's goal of the season against... Bristol City last year because oh, I, oh. I was literally late and I was it wasn't I wasn't even in the pub I literally just decided to come to the game I wasn't meant to be going decided to come to the game about two o'clock and then so you I like, bailed out of bed like run I literally <laughs> ran to the stadium and my brother was waiting outside with the ticket and he, oh, he missed he, it as well. he was livid furious and, and then sorry, you were, then you watched 85 minutes of possibly the worst and then Lee Tomlin match. scored and then Lee Tomlin scored a 93rd minute winner oh that was probably one of my most heartbreaking moments. But I was we, pretty sure we were relegated at that point. I was like, we're going, we're going down. Yeah, like, so it's I. over. Like, it's over. Uh, so you might have seen on Twitter uh, yesterday, uh, we asked uh, about the uh, your Fulham childhood heroes. Uh, I'm sure you'd have all seen this story. Quite heartwarming. It, it made it just further than Fulham fans. In fact, it was more of a viral story. Yeah. Well, yeah, Tom Kearney made it onto uh, Sky Sports News. We got national yeah. press. I mean, it was on it was on BBC front page. So Longer that, than some of our highlights packages I've well, seen. Well, yeah, season. exactly. <laughs> we'll come to that. Uh, <laughs> we're just we're we're, we're, we're winding, up. winding up. Winding up. He's, he's just ready to go. Um, so there's a little lad called Giacomo. He's eight years old, and he sent Tom Kearney this fan mail. Um, very nice. I like uh, the three bullet points as why he thought he was a good player. The first reason he thought he was a good player is because he's a good player. Yeah. <laughs> In Solid. And because he once tried a bicycle kick. I mean, I've tried a bicycle kick. <laughs> There's nothing special trying it. I've tried a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, when you do Manti Kamara into the top corner, that's when you nail a bicycle kick. Uh, but also, I think, and this is what separated it from any normal fan mail, uh, is he gave him three quid's pocket money. And asked for some tips. Yeah. He was like, can you give me some tips on how to be a good player? I like that. Um, so I asked uh, people on Twitter, on Fulhamish Pod, uh, who their childhood hero is and, uh, and why. And uh, maybe, so what, maybe when you were younger, who would you have considered giving your three quid's pocket money to when you were growing up? Because he was, how old was he? He was about seven or eight years old. Eight years old from my sources. So when I was, I was eight, I think at the time I would have said, the first vivid sort of season I remember is the promotion season from Division 3 and I probably would have picked out uh, Mickey Conroy because uh, he was scoring an absolute hatful of goals for us, uh, including one from the halfway line, which also made Sky Sports at the time and that was amazing for, you know, a Division 3 team. Uh, thing is, um, he'd probably have quite appreciated three quid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they're, yeah, they're probably more than his yearly wages. Yeah. Oh, decent. I can, I can <laughs> as a pint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack, 
Uh, so mine, well, Paul Pesky Salida is the first one I recall. I had the lime green ten shirt from 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 that season, uh, and my namesake, Big John Collins, who took that ten shirt after him. So um, not Collins John. No, not Collins not John. Not to be confused. No, no, no. John <laughs> Collins, is, you know, Scotland, Celtic and Fulham legend. It was, that was up there for me. Is Pesca Salida the only Canadian to play for the club? Brzezinski. Brzezinski. Yeah, How could you forget? God, he never scored. He absolutely... Uh, he hated the goal. <laughs> <laughs> he he was so, goals. You look Rapid. At, you look at some of the old um, highlights packages. He was involved in a lot of goals. He yeah. was a, a... What a signing by Chris Coleman at the time. Like... Everyone was kind of a bit, oh, he's going to come in and score, score some goals. And um, he wasn't uh, best liked by Everton fans. He told that he said that he told Wayne Rooney that he should he should leave very very publicly. That's not a good thing to do. Um, uh, Found out, right? Yeah. For, <laughs> although he keeps <laughs> wanting okay. he keeps wanting to leave Man United for some reason. I don't know who's telling him that. Maybe Ratzinski. Maybe Ratzinski's still on the phone. Ratzinski's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> his agent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Dom, uh, childhood hero, please. Well, when I was eight, that was the first time I actually saw a Fulham game. Okay. It was 2003-2004. We beat Leicester 2-0, I believe, a double from Lewis Bermorte. So I'm just going to have a go with him. And I, I met him for the first time, weirdly, this year in Hong Louis Kong. Louis Bo. In Hong Kong. Ooh. Wow, what was Louis Bo doing... Was he doing a Sam Allardyce? Well, because obviously there's, there's the... There's, <laughs> there's, there was the, uh, there's the infamous Rugby Sevens tournament and then they have a Soccer Sevens tournament so you get the proper f- professional teams from like Japan, Korea, China, Hong Kong. Then you get the youth teams from like England so I think Aston Villa and West Ham were there just some of them and then they have like a pros tournament. So the three Fulham or ex-Fulham players that were there were Boa Morte, Yari Lippmann, if you can count him. Yes. And, and Tony Warner. I witnessed uh, a Tony Warner oh clean sheet. Oh, my God. But yeah, no, so, yeah, but I, but I met Lewis Beaumorte, so, and that's because he scored two goals on the first Fulham game I went to, and obviously that winner against Chelsea at Crane Cottage the following season. I'll have to go with him. Yeah, what, I what th- a finish. Totally meant it. Yeah, totally meant it. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Off the top of his shin. <laughs> I think the shin pad helps it with a bit of direction. I think I'd have to say Louis Bowe, even though he's a bit, I was a bit older in the days of Louis. I think he's the first person when I think of a real, someone I idolised as a footballer. I think I'd go with you on that. Interestingly, Yari Litmanen, uh, I still think my favourite thing about Yari Litmanen, because he only played... Did he even play? I don't think I don't he actually did. think he played no, a minute. Sure I'm, I'm not even entirely sure he was on the bench at all. I just remember, well, you get those um, on BBC Sport, you see the little previews and the team news about the match. And at the moment, it would say something like Ryan Fredericks, calf. And um, it would say, there's a few doubts for Fulham this week. Uh, it might have been, I don't know, like Scott, uh, Scott Brown, like calf injury. Yari Litmanen, in brackets, ear. <laughs> <laughs> who has an ear injury <laughs> didn't we have do you remember Dirk Cow didn't he wear uh, not Dirk Cow um, Dirk Lehman he wore an earring he wore an earring German he used porn to wear star. an earring in, during games <laughs> that was it that was no done Mal Bronx got me up there childhood hero. yeah, yeah. I, switched my, I switched my shirt number from 10 to 4 for Mal Bronx yeah wow. I, I, exactly the same exactly the same uh, the last Fulham shirt I bought myself that had a name on the back was Mal Bronx oh uh, a few ones we got in from Twitter, and I mean, it was a great, um, so many people got involved in this uh, on Twitter. I have, have got nowhere near enough time to read them all, but thank you for getting involved. And if you want to get involved on Twitter, it's at Fulhamish Pod. Give us a follow. We're not far off a thousand. That would We're be, getting there. That'd that be would, nice. That would be nice. Within, <laughs> yeah. a, within a couple of months. Uh, Kevin Park said, uh, Captain Simon Morgan had a poster in my room. Big. Uh, scored a few important goals for us in the darker days. He was a great captain. Yeah. 
Captain leader legend to There's borrow about, a phrase from that rabble down the road. There's something about Morgans. Morgans make good captains. I'm thinking Leicester. Oh, right. Oh, I was oh. thinking Owen Morgan oh. ring when I was being confused. <laughs> I, I was like, he's just not gone on a tour of Bangladesh. I thought you were talking about rum. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> It comes in handy as well, but not, not necessarily a centre-back in an important game. Uh, Philip Cahill, but Brooke Bride for me, not the fastest, didn't have the skill. All right, it sounds like he's... Um, <laughs> Ever sold him very well. <laughs> but knew where the ball belonged, back of the net. Uh, George says, had to be Chris, Captain Cookie Coleman was such a massive signing back then, and I was heartbroken when he had to retire. He was a huge signing. Yeah, massive. Yeah. I mean, did, he, did he come straight from the Premier League? From Blackburn. Was it from Blackburn? I believe so. Well, I might be wrong there. Uh, no. It was know. big money at the time. It was like was two record, million quid. Record signing for the third tier. Even nowadays, I think because it was in the millions, wasn't it? You don't see many League One signings at that price. Yeah. And this was in those days. Um, a couple of others here, quick uh, mention. Um, Tom's on the same page as Jack. Uh, Pescasolino uh, and Sean Davis. Loved the latter because he was at the same height as me. That dance. That oh, dance yeah. is literally the best thing ever. Doesn't work on radio, but I did try and run <laughs> yeah, exactly. just now. I can confirm we'll for everyone it was truly awful. Yeah. We'll video that later, Sammy. <laughs> and finally, from Brian Day, uh, Jerry Payton, world-class keeper, playing for a tin-pot outfit. He deserved better. Well, well for, for old Jerry. <laughs> Thank you very much, Brian. Uh, so, uh, and finally, I think important to mention, it's been a, it's been a controversial topic uh, in the past couple of days, and we're just getting Jack ready. Wind me up. He's in the corner. He's got his, uh, Dom's his trainer. He's just giving him some tips of how to go oh, here. Uh, it is the Fulham FC TV and um, contentious issue. And if you're not uh, fully clued up, and I feel like you must have been living under a rock, but now you kind of got to go pay for lots of the commentaries and any kind of video content within the club. Uh, for me, and obviously I'm a bit biased, I know quite a lot because I used to work for the club up to last season, a lot of stick has been given at the club. I'm not saying they dealt with it perfectly, maybe saying delighted uh, to be charging you. Uh, maybe it wasn't the best choice of words ever written. But really, this is a football league thing, isn't it? And uh, Jack, you can bring up the stats. stats. I'll let you go. I love stats. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. The, the football league have basically decided that they're going to charge everyone for not using the service so they've set up this hd player thing and currently 67 of the 72 english football league clubs are using the service the interesting one is accrington stanley who Who don't have good thank you sammy (laughs) who don't have any they have any media i was looking at their website i was like well where's the media and they've just decided not to get fined and not to use the service, so they've just completely gone blank, and they just do text commentaries now. Right, so okay. so electricity hasn't so reached, reached yeah. that far so like of uh, Accrington yet. Yeah. It's fully like football manager. There's a little, there's a little uh, description on the side with like the team, and then it comes up with like words and things. It's interesting. Um, the other ones are Leeds, Aston Villa, and uh, Newcastle. Well, Leeds who... has their own radio station on digital radio. Yeah, well, wow. Leeds. Villa and Newcastle are the only ones. They run their own ones. They run, right, yeah. um, they run their own systems. And Fulham were the, the, the 72nd as such. So the Leeds one costs £5 a month. Villa TV is £4 a month. Although if you're a season ticket holder, you get Villa TV for free. Oh, and that's Ooh. been quite contentious along uh, well, a lot of season ticket holders is that it should be something free. But 
Do you not think that this is negative? The why of the football league? This is a league that's difficult to follow at the end of the day. Given the riches and the widespread coverage of the Premier League, you consider how big some of the clubs are in this league. You've got Newcastle, Villa, Wolves, Birmingham, Nottingham Forest, you know, ourselves. Aston I hate to admit Villa. it. Oh, Aston Villa. Bigger, kind of... bigger average attendance than Syria. A. Yeah. And yet. That's a great fact. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, yet, and yet so difficult to follow, even if you're willing to pay. I mean, for most clubs, it's the same price as Netflix. <laughs> it's like, there's going to be people going around going like, oh, to these girls, like, do you want to come around for a bit of Fulham FC and chill? <laughs> <laughs> that could be our new slogan, <laughs> Fulham FC TV and chill. <laughs> What's that, just playing Gentleman Jim in the background? <laughs> <laughs> um... But, I mean, the coverage in this league is pretty poor, and I think none more sums up than Channel 5's offering oh, no. on a Saturday night. We were, like, night. second or third last, last game. Yeah, uh, I I think, bizarre. I it was only Burton Wigan, I think, that was after us, because that was nil-nil. That was nil-nil, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think, six goals and a red card. I think they just draw it out of hats. That'd be first on match of the day. And we were yeah. never first on match of the day. The weirdest thing was, every week in Hong Kong, you could watch a 3pm championship game like on live TV I think it was I think the championship was on Now Sports and I was like who in Hong Kong is going to want to watch Derby versus Fulham Yeah. at 10pm in the afternoon or 11pm in the afternoon depending if you're in, like, in the summer or the winter it's just weird it's like English football coverage seems to be better everywhere except England I think that probably the clubs have this uh, get up that if it was readily available to watch wherever or listen to wherever then they're not going to turn up to the games Perhaps, yeah. But then again, then again, it is the you know when we're in the Premier League, we would watch match of the day. We would watch every single game. Uh, I don't very much so. I don't watch. I don't watch uh, the football league show. No, I just go on Sky Sports and click on a highlight. That's the thing. You get the highlights on Sky Sports for free now, and they do championship games for free. And I assume that's part of the commercial deals they must yeah. have signed that reason is that people have to use this but it doesn't make any sense if you just want to watch the highlights to sign up for Fulham, Fulham TV no because if you actually so that means that fans actually go to all the games and you know fair play and shout out to everyone that does but, <laughs> and not in the pub though <laughs> yeah but I mean they, all they want to do is watch, you know, watch the highlights again they're not going to be looking but they can't then watch the club's content that they're producing vis-a-vis, you know, yeah. press conferences and interviews with players, and, and that, that doesn't make any sense. However, at £2 a month, I mean... Oh, I don't think it's unreasonable. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's very reasonable, to be honest. Like, I don't think that's an, the point. I think um, it is the principle of charging for something that is available elsewhere in... I think a lot of it is people are sort of lambasting the club, and I don't necessarily think it's the club's fault yeah they, they phrased it badly do you think if it's been going on for years and years and years they've been charging £2 a month that would it would it get the same sort of you know? no not at all also we were the only club in the country providing free video content for the last three months we should have had that as like we should have had that as a selling point we could have got <laughs> <Yeah>. some fans <laughs> but um, no it's like you know that's, that's, that's a fact like with only football league clubs sorry the Premier League some of the Premier League clubs offer it I think Everton and Liverpool do theirs for free and all that kind of thing. But in haven't football, they got their own channels though? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> I mean, as a as a football league club, we're the only ones offering it. And so then when it, that goes away, I think that obviously people are going to react badly and be like, but I don't think the whole you know furore and sort of 
like tirades being yeah. released at the club unnecessarily justified. But I think the Fuhrer, I think the Fiora should be at the football league for making things. Yeah, I can un- I can understand live TV streaming is is an expensive game, is a complicated game, and there's not just the logistics of getting cameras to clubs to think about. It's the fact of it can affect. It would affect attendances up and down the country if you could watch the Premier League, any Premier League game at three o'clock. There's no doubt that teams in the sec- in League Two, Conference and lower would be affected if you could just watch Man United. But when it's things like replays, highlights, yeah, I don't understand, and, and, and audio commentary. If we're trying to grow the league, surely it's completely detrimental to, you know, to then charge and, and, and force clubs to charge. But they're probably following the Premier League model, aren't they? They probably think that they're trying to challenge with but the Premier League. But in the Premier terms League of... doesn't charge as being the key point, like for for those services. And also, the, all those commentaries are available. You can listen to pretty much any Premier League game on, on radio, on on the BBC. And we, who, Jim, gentleman Jim is the only option for fans either in this country or abroad. And we all pay a TV license. Sam yeah. is gearing up for the big reveal. <laughs> <laughs> and so at Fulhamish. <laughs> well, we're gonna, we won't be sending Dom to any of the away Fulham games because no, uh, I can't really see. Yeah. Oh, a goal's been scored. I'm not entirely sure who, but my pint's going down well. <laughs> I was another one. Oh, we wow. should do live <laughs> clips. <laughs> Just uh, in, film Dom. Uh, That's probably games. not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Quick look ahead to Villa. Uh, it's going to be a tough game against a uh, rejuvenated Steve Bruce side and the return of dun, 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 Ross McCormack. Who? Me. You stay in the Hammersmith then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually. No. Um, but it should be another good away trip. It would be nice to continue the winning run. It's a shame, though, we have seemed to have caught them just as they might have got a bit of a new manager. They weren't very good on Sunday. No, I, I, I was reading up about Saturday. it before and uh, apparently Wolves should have... Run yeah, away Wolves, with it. Wolves should have run away with it. Yeah. They should, They had three penalties or two penalties denied and one given. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was a bit odd. An odd one. But also, they don't let McCormack take penalties. How rich is that? Who's <laughs> <laughs> like, Codger who takes yeah, them? Yeah, Codger takes them. I was like, ooh, I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I give the ball to Ross yeah. if that was yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. Can Ross take ours? Just because. Yeah, exactly. Can we borrow <laughs> him if we get one. Like yeah. American football, where you get a kicker in just just on the pitch. If we've got a penalty, Ross, just uh, come back and take one for us. Anyway, thank you very much, chaps, uh, for joining us on the podcast uh, this evening. We'll be back next Monday uh, after the Villa game, uh, offering as ever a bit of a sideways look at everything to do with Fulham FC. We just set up a Facebook page, um, and it's a little bit lonely at the moment. Uh, but all our all our mums like it, yeah. and uh, some extended family. Uh, but it's only got seventy likes. Uh, so it would be nice maybe to notch that up a bit. If you have Facebook, and quite frankly, who doesn't, just uh, type in Fulhamish into uh, your Facebook search and give us a like, uh, and it would be much appreciated. But anyway, we'll be back next week. I'll see you guys later. See you later. See you. Bye.